0: believe like this other young man who is Miwok always said when he gets a little high, he would say jealousy won't get you anywhere.
1: That was Randy Burns. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Welcome to Episode 19, Part 1. In this episode, Randy will describe his arrival in San Francisco from Nevada in 1974. Shortly after getting here, he helped found the group Gay American Indians. He'll also talk about how, in the 1980s, AIDS affected the organization. Here's Randy.
0: Hi, Jeffrey. Thank you for including me. My name is Randy Burns. I'm a full-blood Paiute Indian from the Pyramid Lake Paiute Tribe in Nevada. And I came here mainly from Nevada from University of Nevada, Reno, forty three years ago to go to school at San Francisco State. Okay. I arrived here in forty three years ago mm-hmm. when I was young. Long black hair my BIA glasses in the spring of seventy four. And I. Bureau of
1: Indian Affairs. uh, BIA.
0: No, I came here.
1: You said BIA glasses.
0: My BIA glasses. Bureau of Indian Affairs. Right. Is that what that stands for? Kind of like like dorky. Yeah. No, I I just wanted to get what BIA stands for. Bureau of Indian Affairs. Indian Affairs. (laughs) BIA (laughs) glasses. Thank you. You say that to any native people of my generation. They don't know what I'm saying. So I came here with my long black hair. I came here to uh, the summer of 74 and uh, to attend San Francisco State. And I arrived here on Greyhound bus, 7th and Market. And I I call it Gayhound today, (laughs) like so many other queer people came from across America. Sure. To be part of the gay liberation, and mm-hmm. I came here to go to school, <laughs> like so many other gay and lesbian native people, mm-hmm. came to San Francisco to work, to go to school or to play. So the Greyhound station was located at Seventh and Market, and I went walked around the corner. There was a gay bar there called the Arena. And it was circular, and that's where I met many gay and uh, gay men, Mm -hmm. Native American men.
1: Okay, specifically Native American.
0: Right, and I didn't go looking, but that's my first introduction, my first gay bar I went to at Seventh and Market. And so... um, That's it well anyway when i started school at san francisco state in 19 fall of 1975 i became the president of the student club and um i mainly came from nevada university of nevada reno because it was very conservative mm. it was like night and day cowboys and indians i left behind at UNR, and at San Francisco State I met many intertribal people like myself, but I also met a lot of queer students at the time. And uh, I became a student leader of the Student Council of American Natives, named after late Richard Oakes. Uh, The student-led, uh, Alcatraz Island Takeover, founder of the student club. He was a student at San Francisco State, and uh, so I was the president of his club. Did you have any student government
1: experience before that, or was this kind of your first?
0: No, in high school, uh, where I graduated in 1973, I formed a student organization called the First Americans Club. Okay. So I was very involved with high school student government then. And so it kind of like transferred over to San Francisco State mm-hmm. when I was accepted. And, uh, and I came to that, came to California for that main reason because of the fact that they uh, recruited me one through EOP, the Permittive Action mm-hmm. Program to reach out for many disadvantaged people of color
1: than third world.
0: I'm sorry, do you know what EOP stands for? Economic Opportunity Program. Okay, thank you. And so when I was a student leader, I got very involved with the student government. I ran for student government and I was elected and uh, served only a short time but I was a student leader, but also I became a community organizer. Hmm. In that process, I um, met more gay and lesbian, native, queer people at the Old American Indian Center where I worked for four years. Okay. As uh, through a program called. Um, the um, CETA program. Okay. CETA program stand for whatever it stands for, but now it was turned out to JPTA. Okay. So they paid for my summer employment when I was back to school in the fall. It was summer employment. Gotcha. It's where I met in July, June, many queer Indian people that were artists. They all came out here from the Santa Fe Art Institute. Hmm and they lived in the Hate District. Mm-hmm. So one day they said, let's meet after we get off work. So we met at the Twin Peaks Bar in the Castro. And the purpose of us getting together was not only to get to know each other, but to start a new organization because there were other queer organizations happening. in Castro District, uh, we met there but um, so we at Twin Peaks Bar, we last call. We <laughs> talked about forming a queer organization called Gay America Indians, and on July twenty third, nineteen seventy five, it's when we officially had our first meeting, and um, we purposely met. It was basically a social. Uh, networking to uh, reach out to gay and lesbian Native people at the time and um, so when I started in getting involved with uh, organizing gay American Indians that was my priority with late Barbara Cameron and uh, she was a strong woman a writer and a photographer and she made sure from get-go gay American Indians would be co-sexual in leadership, and that it was. Everything we did in writing was co-sexually written in a collective process. And we were known back then for a long time as a social party group. And so we went through change. Change like um, not meeting in our apartments Right. But to find <laughs> space uh, where we can have our own office. Right. And we pretty much graduated from that uh, time period into becoming more organized in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Can I ask originally
1: mm-hmm. in, back in 75 when you first first got organized? Um, do you remember specifically what the issues at that time were I mean I, I, some of them I'm sure are still with us but what what was the group's goal and purpose
0: well you know being uh, all young and gay men would say back then young dumb and pull a come right well that was not appropriate yeah in any of our meetings to say but our main purpose was to outreach to bring together other LGBT, currently used term today, uh, gay and lesbian Native people. Mm -hmm. Outreach was organizing, posting flyers in the Polk Street area, the Tenderloin area. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Where we are right now. Where we are at right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, that was our main goal was the purpose to bring in together all of us to celebrate our pride as uh, queer Indian people. Were uh, there
1: any other specifically gay American Indian groups that y- that you were aware of back then?
0: Back in '75, there were no. I would think in not. United States. Yeah. Uh, organizing a gay or lesbian, right. queer-identified group. So we're the first. Uh, group in the nation to form an organized group called Gay American Indians. Okay. But like I said, co-leadership from the get-go, it was also co-shared in our writing that include being uh, at the Gay Pride Parade uh, called uh, then uh, the Gay Pride Parade, mm-hmm. now it's changed. And uh, but back then our issues were addressing issues such as housing, Mm -hmm. housing. We had no homeless people because we took care of our own through sharing, you know, couch today. They would call it couch diving. We uh, opened our room for a lot of people that were coming Mm -hmm. to work or go to school. So we housed many of our own LGBT Native Two-Spirit people. Mm -hmm. That's a contemporary term to spirit. Yes. So, but we housed them. There were issues around education, getting our newly uh, arrived gay and lesbian Native people into the universities around the Bay Area, housing, education, and social networking. We had five members, original members of our Gay American Indians, who met at Twin. Peaks. Then it got up to 15, then it got up to 20, then it got up to 35, then it got up to 50. And it started Outreach.
1: It started with you all at SF State. How soon did it branch out to your work being done at other schools and also peop, students from the other schools being involved?
0: Well, you know, the uh, American Indian Studies, both at Berkeley and Stanford mm-hmm. and San Francisco State, the uh, American Indian studies currently now known as but again late Richard Oaks along with an anthropologist formed the Native American Studies okay and I didn't do outreach on campus that was not our focus our Hmm. focus was community base okay organizing reaching out and getting our membership up there and we from 5 to 10 to 15 to 20 to 30 to 50 250 our first year Wow You know And I went through posting and flyers You know This all is pre-internet internet kids Yes Very grassroots This is
1: old school grassroots
0: <laughs> And so we did that In the Tenderloin In the poke, South of Market The leather le- Leather community mm-hmm. And if the Castro Gay bars Were very Racist I would say it Today and I'll say it Again um, they didn't like people of color or dark skinned mm-hmm. people. We were mm-hmm. carded, we were asked for three pieces of ID. And how we got in the bars was uh, light skinned, not dark skinned people like me, brown boys, or l- light skinned women would get in there and say, and once they got to know the bartender, what we did and it just was not even planned. But if you carded three of us, how can you card 20 of us? Right. Going to those anti... So you just show up in mass. Yeah, flash yeah. Flash mobs. Yeah, flash almost, mob, right? Way before that term. Yeah, flash mob, and we did it. And and this was specific to the Castro? Yeah, our outreach. But in the Tenderloin, they welcomed our queer ended money. The Polk Street was happening, the hustling bars. Yeah. We hit. We plastered Castro, I mean, the... Lower Polk, which is Tenderloin and the Polk Street bar bars mm-hmm. to do outreach. And so we did it and we got up hundred and fifty, we were saying, golly, we developed membership form uh, for the purpose in case of emergency mm-hmm. of a death. Who should we notify? You know, you know, confidential information, all strictly confidential at the yeah. time. And so, when we became more organized in the 80s, we developed our own bylaws and articles. And again, we had an office. And at early stage, who paid for our printing and posted, we passed the hat. Yeah. Everyone put in what they can at our social. After our meeting, we always broke into having a good time, mm-hmm. playing hand game. Someone would entertain us by doing a drag act. Mm -hmm. It was just spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Those were getting to know each other. In the uh, 1985, when the AIDS epidemic, uh, first case, of the virus, roughly
1: ten years after your yeah ten years after we formed Gay America
0: Indians, the epidemic, and I was telling our membership and our board of directors at the time. We were organized. I said, it's coming our way, it's coming our way. And I said, we got to be prepared. So we went to the existing organization, the Shanti program in San Francisco was happening, providing emotional, practical support, home health care, hospital visit, the appropriate care for those who were diagnosed with they called it the aids related complex called hmm. ARC. i do I eventually that. it became cdc came out with aids yeah and um and then then president Re- reagan didn't mention that no nope. at all nope. so he's uh secretary of health and human Services is the one that first came out and said the word aids aids mm-hmm. and um so in our, our membership, uh, and it was a lot of our membership uh, didn't really come out and said I'm positive back then. And I don't think it's because they were ashamed to tell us, but it was personal yeah. in nature. And sure. we left it at that. So we got trained. Stigmatic by even. The stigma, fear, yeah. all that. Yeah. And uh, I got to say our membership, they all worked. Those who did work. When we have parties at rented social halls, we would bring in 100, 200 members wow. of our membership and their partners, celebrate, and we ask for a donation. At most events, we'd walk away for our rent with three hundred to $500,000. Wow. You know, that was grassroots fundraising mm-hmm. back then, and all those members like the first case we had and uh, Years later I found his auntie and she was a uh, ally today we call a ally mm-hmm. but uh, her 18 uh, year old uh, Upper Miwok, Northern California well, from Yosemite okay. uh, graduated from high school three days later he was a throwaway child. His mom and his daddy didn't want him in the house because mm-hmm. he came out in high school about being gay. Mm-hmm. And then he was positive, and didn't shared that with his auntie who adopted him. And Then they went to his graduation. Mom sat way in the back, and auntie told me he sat by me. He was crying because he felt ashamed yeah. and not being loved by his parents. But she sat with him to graduation, and three days later, he died. That was her first case. And so I started personally documenting all those men. And one woman who was Cherokee, she was uh, a street worker. She admitted to that in a newspaper uh, that was going on in San Francisco, in this area, called Tenderloin Times. I think they're out of print now. And so I don't know if that's true or not, but anyway, Brenda Birch mentioned her name. She was public about how uh, she became positive, and she was um, a user, uh, addicted, Mm -hmm. uh, heavy user, and she became clean and sober. First Cherokee Native sister that uh, was a supporter of gay American Indians, Mm -hmm. and we lost her. The young high school Miwok, upper Miwok Indian, that died was our first case.
1: Sorry for leaving the podcast on a down note, but check back soon for part two of Randy's episode for some lighter and more uplifting stories. Storied San Francisco is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find every episode on our website, storiedsf.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. On iTunes, you can rate and review podcasts. So if you do that, I'd really appreciate it. Our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Music for the podcast is by Joe Bigale. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Thanks for listening.